Levi Brackman here with Truth Jewish Wisdom for today. Thank you so much for joining. Today I'm going to continue talking about postmodernism. But before I begin, please, if you like this podcast, like it wherever you find it, leave a review, let others know about it. That way other people can also benefit from the content. Thank you so much. Now that we have that out of the way, let's jump right in to the content that we're going to talk about today. We've been talking about postmodernism and where it comes from. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about where it actually came from. And then I want to share some experiences that I've had over the past couple of weeks, which I think represent uniquely some of the issues and challenges associated with the postmodern ideology. But let's pick up where we left off. If you recall, we were talking about how postmodernism is really a continuation of the counter-enlightenment. Now let's just review what the Enlightenment was. So the Enlightenment came about in the 17-1800s where people started to rely much more heavily on science and data than on other types of knowledge gathering or ability to gain knowledge. So prior to that time, really, the church and religion was seen as the primary source of knowledge. If you had an issue, you went to the religious person. It was the church or there was a holy man or the wise man where one got one's knowledge from. With enlightenment, one started to actually check the data and do experiments and try and figure out what the science say in order to be able to answer these questions. So the Enlightenment really believed that knowledge should be gathered by using the scientific method. And that really challenged religion in a big way because if I have an ability to gain knowledge outside of religion, then why do I need religion? I can just know everything from scientific experiment and from gaining knowledge through studying and observing and then gathering data, etc. So that really, the Enlightenment really had this ideal which said that all knowledge can be brought about through empirical study of natural phenomena, and we don't really need anything beyond that. So metaphysics really went out of vogue. The idea that you needed a religious person or a book or a scripture to give you knowledge, that also went out of vogue, and you had the Enlightenment. Now, a lot of people argue that starting with Immanuel Kant and going through to philosophers who followed him were worried about this. And they wanted to be able to find a way in which religion could also fit in, not just science. And therefore, they made the following type of argument. And they said that as an individual observing the phenomena of the scientific experiment, it's impossible to actually be totally objective about what you're observing because every single person brings themselves and their prior experience and their biases into the experiment. So when two people see the color white, both are seeing the color white ostensibly, but they might be seeing slightly different shades of it. They're not actually seeing the color white itself as a independent entity, but rather they're seeing it as it is filtered through the lens of their brain and of their observation. And therefore, according to Manuel Kant and others, you can't separate the observer from that which is being observed. And therefore, whilst according to them, science is really valuable because 
uh, science can help you understand things, but it can't allow you to get to reality itself. That is something which is totally beyond the human ability to get to. So one can't actually reach reality itself through science. So while Kant and others thought that science was valuable, they didn't think that it was able to help you get true knowledge. So that was their view, and therefore they said there's still a place for religion because religion is also a source of knowledge. It's more experiential knowledge. It's more intuitive knowledge. It's knowledge which is gained through a spiritual experience. And therefore, according to this counter-enlightenment point of view, which said actually science is not all cracked up to be what it claims to be. It actually has value, but doesn't have the kind of value which enlightenment philosophers and others thought it would have and, and it maintained that it had, and therefore there's still room for religion. But with making this argument, what they did and what other postmodernists did with that, they didn't come along and say, okay, that means we should go back and study religion. That actually took an ax to destroying the foundations of the Enlightenment in the view of many people, especially those who went and took this to the next stage. So what you find is that instead of people in the 1900s and then in the 21st century who then started following these ideas, instead of them becoming more religious, they actually became less religious. And actually, that argument against the Enlightenment, which was supposed to, many people think, to protect religion, actually not only destroyed religion, but also destroyed the Enlightenment. And I'm going to explain how that happened. As a matter of fact, I'm going to quote here Moses Mendelssohn, who was a Jewish Enlightenment figure. Some people say he was the um, founder of the Reform Movement, although he probably wasn't, but he certainly was one of the Maskilim, or the Enlightenment thinkers. He considered Immanuel Kant to be the great destroyer. And in many ways, Immanuel Kant was the great destroyer in that sense, because although he was a counter-enlightenment figure in many ways, not a totally destroying the Enlightenment, but he took an ax in many ways to the foundation of the Enlightenment, and that way he also ended up not doing actually a lot of benefit for religion. Let me explain why. And that is because when you argue that actually science doesn't get you to any real beneficial knowledge outside of the person who's observing that which is going on, you now say, well, the knowledge of science is relative to all other knowledge because, and this is what you open yourself up to the argument to be made, because you say, well, I'm observing that and really this is really subjective. Some other guy living in Africa who has knowledge also based on intuition, it's also based on their observation. It's also, yes, truly biased. It's truly subjective, subjective for generations, but that's also a source of knowledge. And who am I to say that this source of knowledge is better than that source of knowledge? It is entirely possible that actually they are relative sources of knowledge. Why not? If scientific knowledge has no greater ability to reach an objective fact, or an objective source of knowledge than a knowledge of some tribe in Africa or tribe anywhere, which is based on traditional sources of knowledge, whether that could be witchcraft or that could be other types of knowledge, you know, maybe it's some sort of idol worship or sorcery or etc. 
if that is also subjective knowledge and the scientists knowledge is also subjective knowledge neither of them can reach any kind of real objectivity then why is one better than the other why are they maybe they're not actually according to postmodernism they're both equal they both need to be respected as equal sources of knowledge postmodernism argues that the source of knowledge which comes from the scientist and the source of knowledge which comes from an ancient tradition, however right or wrong the ancient tradition may or may not be, we can't actually judge whether they're right or wrong. They have to be seen as equal because they're both sources of subjective knowledge. They go a step further and they say actually the entire enlightenment which maintains that scientific knowledge is somewhat superior in its ability to gain knowledge than other types of knowledge is actually only because of the imperialistic white person who's trying to say that his ability to gain knowledge is better than anybody else's and therefore it's all about oppressing the other. It's about the white man and the West oppressing non-Western societies which have their own way of gaining knowledge and that by arguing and that has been argued by the enlightenment that somehow scientific knowledge is better that is just the oppressive white person going about with his oppressive nature that the white person is always oppressive and this is just another way in which the white man oppresses the dark-skinned color person and therefore they argue that you know one shouldn't take that seriously at all so now we have any source of knowledge, wherever it comes from, is all equal, according to the postmodernist. And you end up with really absurd situations when you argue that. Because are we really saying that medicine from the ancient world is as good and as valid as medicine which has come about through scientifically proven ways are we really saying that the ideas found in ancient texts or ancient ideas and traditions which have no scientific proof to them whatsoever are as valid as our ability to fly or our ability to reach the moon or our ability to create technology all the results of science is that what we're really saying yeah, well, that is kind of what they're saying. I'll give you an example of this. I was talking with someone yesterday, and she said to me that she works with all kinds of people, and when she walks into a room of people from a different culture, she has to walk in with tremendous amount of humility because she can't walk in there with her own preconceived notions, but she has to have the humility to realize that whatever experiences those people have had are just as valid and the knowledge sources that they have is just as valid as her knowledge sources so she's not coming to teach them anything but she's walking in there in order to learn from them and understand the perspective that they bring and their perspective is just as equal to her perspective so you might say well that sounds lovely and in many ways it does however the issue which one has with that perspective is that one is saying that whatever the, these people bring in, I have to accept that it is just as valid as whatever I bring in. Now, that doesn't mean one can't learn from everybody. 
there's the wisdom teaching which is found in ethics of the fathers in Judaism which says that who is a wise person a person who learns from everybody yes you should learn from everybody and sometimes you learn from some people what not to do and sometimes you learn from some people that they have bad ideas so one definitely should learn from everybody there's no doubt about it but that doesn't mean that everyone's ideas are equal it doesn't mean that everyone's culture is just as valid as the other person's culture let me give you another example of where this idea really comes in which is maybe a little bit more pronounced recently i came across a article in the new york times about a book which has become very very popular and it was reviewing the new york times about it and it was about people who are polyamorous so polyamory for those who don't know is the idea that you can have multiple partners and the concept is you have one primary relationship and then we open to have all other types of relationships so not as opposed to monogamy, which is where you have just one relationship with one partner, one romantic partner, so a husband and wife, one husband, one wife, that's monogamous. And then you can have polyamory, which is like each partner can have multiple partners. An argument which they make, which says that polyamory is actually the natural course of events for humans. And how do they make that argument? Because they say, well, if you look in the animal kingdom, none of the animals in the animal kingdom are monogamous. They're all polyamorous. And therefore, the natural state of things for us mammals, because we're just another source of kind of animals, according to them, and why not, by the way, who says any kind of human knowledge is any better than animal knowledge? Because you know, just because we think it is, that might be us, in some ways, trying to oppress the animal kingdom by thinking our knowledge is better. Maybe it's not. So maybe we need to learn from the animal kingdom because maybe they have greater source of knowledge that we should also be polyamorous, just like they are. And so you end up with this situation where you say one second, but we've been monogamous for a long time, at least in the West. Why should we move to polyamory? And the answer is one second. The whole idea of monogamy, according to this postmodern concept, is really oppressive. Who said that's the way to do it? Well, it's only benefited white men. <laughs> this is the argument. Really, monogamy has only benefited white men. Why? Because white men, traditionally, they can marry multiple women. Women can't marry multiple men. And then eventually you had feminism which said, one second, why should men be able to marry multiple women? And that was changed over time that, no, you shouldn't be able to have men marrying multiple women. It should be one woman, just like a man expects the woman to be faithful only to him, the woman should be able to expect that the man be faithful to her. And therefore, you should only have real monogamy, which is one man and one woman committed to each other. But it started off with the fact that you had a man who wanted to marry multiple women. So this, this was part of this patriarchal oppression of women. And therefore, we should really need to throw off that patriarchal oppression of women and allow everyone to be polyamorous. And who says anyway that so one type of morality is better than the other types of morality? Really, all morality is relative to each other. And the only reason why we think that monogamy is uh, moral today is because of the oppression of the patriarchy, male oppression of women. And really, if we just take that out of the way, we now end up with seeing with clarity this idea that actually polyamory is the right way to go because that is what the rest of the animal kingdom uh, have, and therefore it's natural. So we end up in this absurd situation where we are comparing ourselves to animals. And we're saying, humans, really, we should learn from animals. 
and that because the animal kingdom is polyamorous, therefore humans should also be polyamorous. What about maybe because the animal kingdom often rip each other apart for food? Maybe we should rip each other apart for food? What about the animal kingdom which eats grass all day and can't look up and can't speak? Maybe we should mimic that too. Maybe that's the natural way of being. Maybe let's just walk around and, and whenever one's in heat, they, people should just mate with each other. That's the right way to be. If we're already learning from animals and mimicking animals, why don't we just go all the way? Become like animals. Of course, humans are called to transcend the animal nature. But of course, that is totally lost on the postmodernist. The postmodernist just says, well, the animal kingdom is polyamorous, therefore it's natural to be polyamorous, and we should be polyamorous too. The fact that we have the ability to transcend that and actually have real relationships with people, deep relationships, meaningful relationships, relationships which survive the test of time over many, many years and bring up children which are intelligent, which are able to build the world and fix the world and make the world a better place, that's lost on them. Totally lost on them. Because they have a postmodern mindset. And there are so many other examples of this. When you have a situation where everything is relative, you don't have the ability to say that one thing is actually better than the other. And the moment you say that one thing is better than the other, the knee-jerk reaction to that is, well, you only think it's better because you are trying to oppress the other. Not because it could be better, because by its very nature, you don't have the ability to be objective. You're always subjective. So it is by very nature. It is, has to be. Whenever you're trying to say that somehow your idea is better than another idea, or your idea is more valid, or you have a better source of knowledge, or better way of gaining knowledge than other people have, your morality is of a higher nature than other people's morality. The second you say that, because you've already argued that it's impossible to be objective about anything, and everything is subjective, it must be according to this argument it must be your oppressive nature speaking and it must be only you trying to oppress the other that's why you're making that argument there can't be any other reason why you would make that argument other than the fact that you want to oppress other people and the fact that you deny that means that that's your very oppressive nature talking so the fact that I'm making a counter-argument to postmodernism, all the postmodernists are going to say that it's because I am just a patriarchal, oppressive white man who's trying to oppress others in the world by saying that somehow my ideas are better and I can't possibly have the ability to objectively say that my ideas are better and it has to only be my oppressive nature which is leading me to make this argument. And so you end up with this situation where I can't make any argument at all. Because if I try and make any argument, I will be accused of being an oppressor and therefore they'll cancel me. So this is why the left are going crazy and canceling everyone. Anyone who disagrees with them, they've got to cancel them because that must be an oppressor. Because he disagrees with somebody else. The irony is that they themselves are, are oppressing. It's a reverse oppression because no one can have an opinion now, which is you can't even read your head to say, well, maybe my opinion is valid because they will stand there with a stick and knock you down and say, you dare say that. 
You dare make your argument. Because if you do, it's oppressive. So they have their argument, which is basically that everything is equal. But it's not equal because I'm not equal because I can't make my argument. Because I'm oppressive by nature because I am a white man. Although I'm Jewish, so I'm not sure how white I really am. Semitic, is that really white? It doesn't matter. They see anyone who's got any kind of privilege as being their oppressor. They don't think, maybe for a moment, the reason why one has privilege is because one has perhaps superior ideas. Perhaps one's ideas are closer to the reality. And maybe that's why we're privileged. No, it has to be because we're oppressing others. That They won't think that maybe. Maybe the fact that one is privileged is because that's a proof that one's ideas are better. No, you won't entertain that. Because it attacks at the very nature of their fundamental thing, which says that humans don't have the ability to be objective in any kind of way. We're all just subjective. And that helps them with their real argument that they're really trying to get to, which is that everyone's equal. Total socialism. We're all equal in every single way. No one should have more money than the other person. It takes you, it leads you to communism. If I can convince everybody that we're all actually equal, we're all just, this is why the left have jumped on this postmodernism like crazy, and they will do everything they can to try and shut down any kind of argument against it. Because when you convince people, and a lot of young people are being convinced of this now, that everyone is equal, and that no one has an ability to actually gain greater knowledge. No one has the ability to be more objective than the other. So we're all the same. And if we're all the same, then everyone should be treated the same. And that's why you end up within communism. Every, everyone's the same. You all live in a commune. And we know where that leads to the gulag. So this is why this concept of postmodernism is so, so corrosive. And it leads to terrible places. Just to finish up my polyamory argument, polyamory is never good. The, the people who get hurt most from polyamory actually are women. I ended up picking up this book. The, the lady who's, who, who, who's the author, and I don't remember her name, she it ends up being terrible for her trying to be polyamorous. It was, it's depicted as great for her husband, but terrible for the lady herself. And I guess this is just one example, but it would seem to me that it's not good for a woman to be in, in a marriage where she has sister wives. I know she's one of many wives, and it's probably not good for her to be in a marriage where she and her husband have multiple partners. Probably the best thing is for them both to be in an exclusive marriage if the marriage is happy. But the argument of the other way, one second, monogamy is as good as polyamory, and therefore we shouldn't have this morality at all, and it's all subjective, and they're all morally equivalent to each other, that ends up not hurting men most, but it ends up ironically hurting women a lot more. And you can't build families in polyamory. You can't really build a society with families which are the building blocks of productive societies in a polyamorous society. 
So it's really destructive in so many ways. But once you have this idea that everything is equal and everything is just morally equivalent to each other, then why not? And you end up saying the animal kingdom, we should learn from them and we shouldn't transcend our animal nature and act truly as humans. What I want to talk about next time is an alternative to this, one which is inspired uniquely by Judaism. And I think that once one gets and realizes and hears the alternative, one cannot ever go back to thinking that postmodernism is a legitimate argument and a legitimate ideology. I think many people who hear it, they intuitively feel that it's false. But there is a, an, another level of argument that needs to be made to actually show that it's false. And that is what I intend to argue in the next episode. This has been Levi Brackman with Truths, Jewish Wisdom for Today. Thank you so much for joining, and until next time.